0: I may not be Lady of the Lake, but I always wear the crown.
1: I'm drinking triple, seeing double, living single. Ah. Has that been someone's before?
0: No, but it's... it should be mine. <laughs> it, sounds like... it sounds
1: like a Sonia.
0: Um, It sounds like a Sonia, but I love that it's a Tracy. You guys, it's episode 100 76. That makes me feel a little something. And I'm so excited to have back on the people's people's couch, none other than writer, producer, host of the podcast Pot Psychology, producer of the podcast The B List, close personal friend and advocate for bees everywhere it is none other than tracy morrissey tracy morrissey how are you
1: hi i'm good it's you know it's beautiful day in new york that we can't enjoy really
0: because it's nine eleven or because it's a oh, God, I pandemic.
1: For- wow. Okay. I
0: didn't know it's nine eleven until I went on Instagram. God, and we're tuning
1: I forgot.
0: I just honestly lose track of days. <laughs> wow. Like I thought it I keep thinking every Monday that it's Thursday, which is a real yeah. wake up call whenever it's I'm diff- on a right? totally. like every day is a Thursday or a Sunday around ten o'clock. But yeah, it's like a weird, it's this weird, you know, I've lived in New York City for on and off since I was 18. So for six or seven years. And um, how long have you been a New Yorker?
1: Um, 23 years.
0: Someone tweeted this at the beginning of uh, the pandemic. You know, there's this whole thing where you are considered a native New Yorker, I want to say at 10 years. And they said something like around the idea that if you left New York City at the start and height of Uh, the pandemic you need to shave off five years from your idea of being a native because we're in it together it's a weird I wasn't here on 9-11 but certainly being here in the years after I think that obviously there's a change not only in our country and our world but also in the city that we live in and love so much and I mean the one thing about um, this pandemic wasn't here in the in the days and months and and time after nine eleven, but that seven o'clock cheer that we would do every night for um, all of the essential workers, be it people in hospitals, um, treatment facilities, wherever you know, hanging outside of your or or leaning outside of your window to clang pots and pans or just yell thank you or cheer or sing music was really a communal experience and while I cannot imagine how painful it must have been to live in New York City during 9-11 I do know what it's like to live in New York City during a global pandemic including when New York City was like the international hotspot and I'm just trying to focus on how much love and support you know, we New Yorkers have for each other and have for our fellow stranger, you know?
1: Yeah, some New Yorkers.
0: <sighs> yeah, the good ones. I mean, Ramona. we'll get to Ramona. We'll get yeah. to Ramona, whose um, Manhattan citizenship, I believe, is being re- revoked, as we <laughs> speak. Um, uh, so there's that. Um Yeah, it's like a weird, it's a weird day. I haven't even, I, it's like so sad, but like I barely look out my window at this point. So maybe I'll go for a, Little social distance stroll. I'm trying to get out there more and more as the temps go yeah. down. I have to stay inside when it's really hot, and um, I'm fucking making plans for the fall, man. And by plans, I mean walking by myself down Madison Avenue, and I'm perfectly fine with that. <laughs> I just want to feel like I live in this city, you know? Like yeah. it's it's gonna be a beautiful day, hopefully. And um, I feel like it's a pretty great day to talk about housewives. So, how are you doing? You're you're we're recording. I'm in on the Upper E. You're in Brooklyn.
1: Yeah, I'm in Williamsburg. It's, you know, you know, when I did leave during the b- initial stages of the pandemic, I was just like, I have a kid and I just didn't want to yeah. be like cooped up inside Understandable. with her. And we went to our beach house or my fa- my parents' beach house, not my beach house. But it felt like mine when they weren't hey. there. It was great, Yeah. <laughs> And then um And that was New where in Jersey. Jersey, I feel like yeah, yeah. In Jersey shore. So we were there and then you know, I came back and I know that people are like, New York is dead. I I'm not having fun. So I, mean. I can see why people are saying that. Um, and I will say that like it is it's different. The city is different. It is definitely it's taken such a hit. Um, you know, the the unemployment the issue of unemployment and, and the issue of homelessness is Mm -hmm. really just, I I mean, and I've lived here for 23 years. I've never seen it like this. It's, It's, um, it's, it's really something else. It's, I mean, I don't know, like, I don't know how this is even going to get fixed. I think we're, it's just going to be a little, it's going to be, it's going to be tough for a while, I think.
0: I mean, I don't know how you provide essential services to support those um, living without permanent housing in a time in which you cannot really gather together safely. I mean, it's got to be really scary for um, folks who do not have consistent, stable housing, as well as people who work for organizations that provide it. Because how do you do so safely? I mean, how do you protect your staff and also, you know, residents of whatever facility you're running? And I just have to say, you know, I support so many local businesses um because I'm a great person not because I like to shop okay <laughs> but because I'm an angel <laughs> so I from heaven above. and I was even right before we were recording waiting for my little vegan gluten-free plant-based cheese delivery from my fave place in Williamsburg which delivers to my door every Friday God bless Dr. Cow um drcow.com I actually don't know their website but you guys can google it um You know, but it's tough because I'm nervous that like places that make me love New York. It's not obviously just about spending cash. We have beautiful museums, but also New York, even though we talk about like big box companies or whatever, there are the foundation of New York is indie companies, indie stores, indie restaurants, hospitality, the theater industry, the arts and. I'm really fucking nervous that they're not getting any support that they need from our piece of shit mayor and governor. And I'm I'm really, really scared that the fabric of New York and my experience, these people who I know and love and have supported, as have so many other folks that, you know, it's going to be gone. I'm like, really, what's what remains, you know, what's going to remain when this is done if they don't get necessary cash it's crazy
1: did you know that the sex workers are exempt from or were exempt from getting the uh extra like six hundred dollars they were exempt from a bunch of shit that was in like the cares act um if you read like the fine print that was in the cares act for unemployment and stuff like because gig workers and freelancers were suddenly um, able to get unemployment and thank fucking and, god I
0: didn't qualify because I was still employed but that shit better come back but anyway yeah
1: it's well they just did they just yesterday they announced that New Yorkers are getting an extra 300 a month we used I mean an extra 300 a week we used to get an extra 600 a week but now it's an extra 300 a week that's but that's only gonna federal, last
0: that's not just for state employees that's anybody in New York state
1: it's anyone in New York yeah okay. right. but um but no the that the extra three, the extra 600 that initially everyone was getting and just being able to get on unemployment, strippers couldn't do that. There was like some clause in the the um, the writing of, of the act that like if you had, if your job had been like performing in in any kind of sexual nature, blah, blah, blah. I mean, if it were me, I would have just lied and said like, no, because <laughs> like they don't ask you what your freelance job You're like had Melissa been.
0: you like Melissa you work as a bartender. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was. A, I was a bartender. It was a go-go bar.
0: Um. Yeah, that's wild to me, especially because anyone in that industry, you come into contact with. Obviously, I'm not even joking with like surfaces, people. You should. You need that support because you obviously can't safely perform your job. And I also feel like that's just like kowtowing to like some sort of conservative bullshit that they wouldn't sign yeah. it unless they absolutely maligned some um, group of people who's lifestyle work they disagreed with. I think it's it's obviously absurd, but also... You know our those shitheads just- that
1: wrote... You know those shitheads that wrote that in are the same kind of people that get lap dances and stuff. Well, I so. mean...
0: I'm sure Orange County is their favorite franchise. What can I say? <laughs>
1: um,
0: <laughs> yes, shout out to Kelly Dodd, um, and Dodd, who posted another piece of bullshit. And it's like, I can't even. What was it? I don't know it. Just that masks are bad for you and they're actually really bad for your health. And if you don't know that, you're dumb. What? Yeah. Wait, I didn't
1: I stop I don't follow her, so and I neither I, do I.
0: It's and my thing is that people then just send it to me, which is fine. But like I just I struggle with sometimes um uh what is the thing that my psychiatrist keeps telling me, I keep forgetting. Um <laughs> uh that like don't (laughs) dr k if you're listening if you can slide into my dm um, you shrunk your
1: head too much
0: uh, dr k um (laughs) that it's like fucking don't if someone is trying to like trigger you don't allow it like don't Mm. allow someone to do the thing that you know is bad for you and so when i talk about kelly and to a different extent orange county it's like I know what's going to happen. I know the structure that currently exists. I know the season that's ahead of us. I've seen the trailer. Um, I ultimately get to decide because I'm the host of this show what I do want to talk about and what I do mm-hmm. choose to watch, and that may or may not change. And that's my that's my rights, my show. <laughs> but yeah. I do feel like for right now, it does probably me a disservice, plus the listeners to amplify a message that we already know is like bullshit and fraudulent and harmful and dangerous. So like, why do I allow my, even by calling it out, it's like, it's hard. Cause you want to hold someone accountable, but on the flip side, it's like, we know this is bad. It's not a surprise. She is a human troll. So why give her the air and oxygen? She's so desperately craving.
1: Do you think though that she thrives off of negativity? You do. Yeah, okay. I think that, I just thought that she was stupid.
0: No, I think she thrives off it. I think that there's a reason that she's aligned herself with a certain kind of person and politician because she has decided. But is she a Trumper? Because I thought she wasn't. She wasn't I before that- she started fucking somebody who works at Fox and decided that she knows uh, best in fake news and whatever. There was a genuine oh shift in Kelly's head before and after she started stopping <laughs> Rick. And, um, you know, you it's also, a lovely guy. <laughs> say what? He seems like a nice guy. Yeah, I'm sure he's great. I met him. Sure I love his wonderful.
1: daughter. His daughter is incredible.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine pr- prayers for his daughter to have Kelly Dodd as She's your stepmother. She's a social worker. Wow. Well, I mean, here's your next new client is like this woman. Maybe <laughs> it's Jolie because I can't imagine having Kelly Dodd as a parent um, who's who's condoning such a dangerous Uh, lifestyle, which is what she's doing right now. But I just feel like with Kelly, it's very similar to Trump. She puts herself in a room and locks the key and surrounds herself with people who believe the same thing she does. Or even if they don't, they reward her and congratulate her and celebrate her. And to a certain extent, she thrives off negative attention because at the end of the day, it's still publicity. So I think her thing is like, you guys want me fired. Well, look at me still having a job. And there's validity to that. Like, not only is Bravo not calling out her behavior, but they're condoning it by including it as a plot line on a season that maybe shouldn't have been filmed to begin with. You know, like, I don't know what to do with this, except to say that as of right now, I really, truly have no plans to watch it. And I want to focus on amplifying Potomac, which will be, I think, solo for a period of time after New York and Beverly Hills rap and an unbelievable to me awesome trailer for Salt Lake City and from the way I've seen these women the Salt Lake City women behave online a lot of women who regardless of their um, political affiliation seem very welcoming and supportive and really disinterested in playing a really dangerous game in the way that Kelly does I mean did you watch the Orange County trailer are you planning on watching the upcoming season I didn't season? watch it you can didn't you watch believe
1: it? that I didn't watch I it I can believe it I... I think
0: a lot of people chose not to or forgot I
1: was just no I mean they emailed it to me I was just like eh, uh did they
0: email it to I'll... you
1: the trailer yeah they sent me pr- I get press releases
0: so interesting i love that considering um your amazing piece in the new york times breaking down (laughs) race on real housewives which is in the new york times i want to say in november was that wrong october yeah it was like a year
1: ago um Um,
0: which you know had the conversation well before everybody else sorry what salt lake city shocking that it's gonna be the
1: most diverse cast
0: which City. I can't believe it. I did a full Patreon episode. I live recorded my reaction to it, which took, I shit you not, 27 minutes because I kept stopping the trailer to be like, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is happening. Um, the, Such a diverse cast, diverse in. Um, race diverse in religion, which I was yeah, not. Yeah, I thought expecting. it was all Mormon
1: chicks. I thought, I thought it was that gonna their be diversity would be one non-Mormon t-
0: and like fellow Hebrews like me who are now um uh uh, uh living as a so, uh, as a part of the Mormon religion. Someone who was Mormon and is converting to Islam, like really fascinating. it's a woman who married her step grandfather or something and had a kid with him (laughs) i mean history is being made in salt lake city and i feel like regardless of whether or not people are planning to watch orange county which i am not telling people to stop watching it i'm saying that i am choosing right now not to watch the upcoming season i think whatever you watch when it comes to housewives that makes you feel good or whatever is totally you have every right to watch whatever i'm not i'm not saying that i think it should be like uh that people should stop watching what you do you there are so few things that bring people joy right now that if watching an orange county uh season will make you feel good do it but i'm just saying that like i wasn't expecting salt lake city to hit it out of the park the way that trailer did there Mm -hmm. was the energy was fucking great the edit where it was like flashing the cities before fuck man that was awesome I didn't know how badly I needed a great new franchise until it started and I started hyperventilating
1: it's the same production company that does Roni so they've only ever done it's shed media oh. so I think that's why it's gonna be it, it has that great energy so can
0: you break this it's down? It's
1: evolution. From- that's that's bullshit. It's evolution. And evolution. Is the I never
0: pay attention to the production company. Evolution is Orange County and like maybe Pump Rules.
1: Orange County is uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Evolution is Orange County, Beverly Hills, okay. and Vanderpump Rules.
0: Yeah. Okay. That makes that tracks for me in my head.
1: And all the the spinoffs that are associated with Vanderpump Rules. So like the Jackson, Britney things, Stassi's Kentucky. you know web series or whatever. Oh yeah,
0: I missed that unfortunately. Um. So when it comes to Salt Lake City, so I heard that they shot Salt Lake City and then there was a delay. And while there may have been some sort of small COVID element, really what happened behind the scenes was something related to like doing a full recut of the season or or they hired a different production company. So I wonder if shed it was wasn't the replacement. shed initially.
1: It was yeah, th- shed was the replacement. I don't know who started it, though.
0: That's so interesting. I'm curious if it was a company that had worked on Housewives before or maybe was Salt Lake City based or something. I have no idea.
1: Yeah, it may have been some other just rando production company that pitched it and then they maybe got a passive or something because like they liked the cast or whatever it was. They just couldn't, you know. drive it home or whatever
0: i mean i have to say if the episodes for the season which starts the beginning of november are anywhere near as good as that trailer i am a thousand percent in and i also feel like is it possible i thought that there was going to be a large period of time in which we wouldn't have new housewives but we have potomac now um uh, Beverly Hills in New York are coming to a wrap for the season. Potomac will go on, hopefully forever and ever, amen. Salt Lake City is going to begin. Atlanta is shooting now. Jersey is shooting now. Summer House is shooting now, albeit not a, a Housewives franchise, but a show on Bravo. I was thinking there would be a period of time without anything new, but I wonder if the way in which this can be timed, the seasons will certainly be smaller, but maybe they'll figure. it it out where we don't go without new content i don't know
1: i think it's just that we had so many housewives airing concurrently you know we've been doing lots of overlaps i mean there was one point where it was like i think it was like atlanta new jersey mm-hmm. and ocean or, yeah. or orange county were all at the same time and it was I mean, like it was like four of them at once it was it felt like a whole lot so i think it's there's just gonna be a little bit more air so there won't be like mm-hmm. you know a housewives every night Um, I think but uh, but I don't think there's going to be an actual lull. I think that like I don't think Vanderpump rules is they usually film in the summer and I haven't heard anything about them filming. Well, and, um and have you Sir
0: and and Tom Tom, I mean Villa Blanco rest in peace, Villa Blanca, but Sir Tom Tom and Pump are all closed boarded up. And so there've been a bunch of rumors even Pump
1: cuz Pump is has such a beautiful outdoor space that all
0: boarded up. So there were wow. rumors that they're dunzo, then there were other rumors that they're not dunzo, they're just using this time to remodel. So I don't really <laughs> know what's true and what's not true. Um you know, my favorite um, afternoon snack is going on to Dermois on Instagram at D-E-U-X-M-O-I because the anonymous person who runs that account, which has become incredibly popular, posts snippets and rumors and none of it. She says over and over again, like none of it's verified, yada, 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 but like. You know, this is for entertainment purposes, which means to me everything is 100% accurate at all times. And so people have been talking about the fact that they walk by in in, um, West Hollywood and everything is boarded up. It doesn't look like anything's going on. And I don't know what that means. I don't know. I mean, there are so many questions around Vanderpump Rules, even without thinking about are these restaurants going to be able to operate, let alone operate, safely let alone have the financial ability to continue on I don't know what that means for pump rules you know I mean do you think the pump rules should go on or do you think it should rest in peace assuming the restaurant is not already rest in peace
1: I always liked it I did like I know that um I always knew it was problematic and I always knew that those people were pieces of shit mm-hmm. and that never was an issue for me when watching the show. I thought I always thought that was part of the enjoyment. Like there's really no one to root for on that show. I don't need to like anybody that I watch. Like going back to Orange County, like I'm absolutely going to watch it. I don't need to like any of th- – I never liked them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like I never yeah, I thought – I was had no illusions yeah, about you. them being like good people – Um, I'm interested in seeing like the kinds, I mean, these people aren't, they're, they're not the ones to maybe be having certain kinds of like political conversations, but I feel like it doesn't really like, that's kind of an elitist attitude to have. So I, I don't know, like they're not, I worry because like, I think Bronwyn's a really sweet woman and I think that like, she seems very like aligned a little bit more she seems very liberal for for Orange County you know what I Mm -hmm. mean and um that it just I don't want her to get like chewed up by those ladies you know I Um,
0: mean it it is potentially going to be an awkward viewing we did get a preview for what one could potentially think to experience in some way with how part one of the New York reunion went down I mean They started the reunion. Andy started the reunion with, hey, Leo, welcome. Okay, so Ramona about COVID, (laughs) which is awkward and it can be upsetting. I I mean, I thought it was amazing and it can be upsetting. But it's also for people who are wondering what Orange County is going to be like. Think of like five Ramonas times 100. Like Ramona Mm -hmm. is known as you know, the apologizer, the whatever. And she also obviously was trying to like gaslight Leah as much as possible and rewrite history. But I do also think she's at least more human or, or, or humane than in, aspects than what may happen on orange county so mm-hmm. if you're doing like a, a temperature check what's that called like the little patch check when you try new skincare and Let they're miss- like just test it on like your palm okay. like, see if you start to get a blister i would say watch part one of the new york reunion assuming that um everyone hasn't watched already which they damn well should have um and see how that feels to a viewer if you're thinking about like how do I watch and enjoy these shows without them triggering me to a point that's like actually really not good. I would say that part one of New York is a nice kind of quasi experiment. Um, and an experiment it was, it was the first reunion since COVID to be in person at this warehouse in Long Island, Long Island. What were your thoughts?
1: Um, well, In comparing it to Orange County, I don't think that there is, I don't think Bronwyn Mm -hmm. is, she's not as, like, maybe strong or sharp as Leah Mm -hmm. to really, like, you know, go after those women or take those women to task for Mm -hmm. their, you know, like, just, like, totally selfish behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, But I thought that Leah did a really good job at doing that with Ramona Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know I love the reunion I thought that it was really really creative the way that Mm -hmm. they um, you know they had everyone so spaced out Mm -hmm. and so they had to have cameras because they're pretty much sitting in a circle and they had to have all these cameras like kind of 360 in order to get you know Andy's reaction shots too and so I liked that they're solve for that was to be like oh well, let's pretend that we have all our old reunion stuff so we're breaking the fourth wall in that way so we'll like it'll look like we have old cameras so they like so they made the camera look like it was part of the set and I Which thought that was so really smart, cool. so cool yeah but um yeah I uh oh someone told me today that they saw Ramona oh, God. at a coffee shop um and she was wearing the reunion mask, that like clear mask. Yeah, she's and, doing um,
0: that to sell, so her one of her fifty friends can like sell a couple on eBay <laughs> or Etsy or whatever. She's not oh, doing is that. it her she friends? Yeah. It's her friend's company. I went to it and I was like almost interested. Like, I wonder what that would be like. And then I was talking to a friend who was like, you're going to get cuts all over your face. Like just even putting that on looks like a little bit of a danger. So I might pass and stick with my old faithful, um, Adams masks, which I love. Um, Yeah, I felt like, thank God, it was back. Although, I have to say, I was thinking less about comparisons with Orange County, even though I just myself compared it to Orange County. (laughs) And in the moment, comparing it more in my head to Beverly Hills, because I think – As a whole, Beverly Hills had a stronger season and a weaker reunion. And I think New York did the reverse. It had a weaker season and a stronger reunion. And I was trying to figure out why that was. And I think it's because there are no true weak links on New York. When you look at the housewives individually, are they meshing well right now? No. Does there need to be a new formula? Yes. Are we feeling the absence of Bethany more than ever watching the reunion, but more importantly, watching the the season as it progressed? Absolutely. But on Beverly Hills, there are people who either don't know how to play the game or refuse to, or maybe aren't worthy of being housewives at this point and or don't want to be. And that comes across really clear. There are no stakes on Beverly Hills versus no true stakes on Beverly Hills at least outside of the Denise Michigas versus New York where I feel stakes I feel that these women have relationships with each other and these are also really kind of charismatic and outspoken and kind of like independent thinking women regardless of whether or not I agree with what they're thinking and saying like if you look at tinsley who was the focus of a lot of anger mostly from dorinda and you look at denise who was the focus of a lot of anger from team everyone else denise doesn't know how to be a housewife doesn't care about these women and obviously no longer wants to be on the show and ps rest in peace as she's now left or it's announced that she's left versus tinsley who at least can defend herself well like, I thought she did a pretty good job of saying, this is why I'm leaving. This is why I left. And also, Dorinda, this is why you're a piece of shit. Like, I never felt like Tinsley was the victim in the moment. I genuinely didn't feel like Tinsley was playing the victim, trying to victimize herself. Yeah, or no, was not at in all. in a spot where she was being bullied past the point of no return.
1: Yeah. Um, and she can face the music. Like, Denise... I mean, it's kind of shitty. I don't know. I feel a couple different ways about the Beverly Hills reunion because it's kind of shitty that Denise clearly um, forbade them from having Brandy on the reunion. Mm -hmm. And even though Andy was like, you know, he made some sort of interjection saying that, you know, we decided that we didn't want her because she said she had sucked your clit and that was enough for us. Um, I think that that was just them placating uh right I think they definitely did yeah 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 um but at the same time I do think Brandy's really gross I think that um if um if a man had said those things about Denise about sleeping with her it would have been viewed so differently it would have been like people would have been like that's disgusting how dare you talk about a woman like that like about you know about her sexuality like that's none of our business blah blah Mm blah um and so it's, I don't know. I think it's a, uh, it's a little bit fucked up. Um, I mean, it's a lot fucked up. I think it's really gross that Brandy did that. Like, I think that Brandy went out of her way to sleep with this woman because I do think that something probably happened for a, I think she wanted to get back on the show. I think she couldn't wait to tell the Richard sisters about what happened. And she, I think she embellished, I'm sure that they talked shit about the other woman. They all talk shit about each other. Everybody talks about everybody. You know what I mean? So, um, but I think Brandy was so calculated in trying to get back on the show. I was like desperate and thirsty. But I did want to see Denise defend herself. And she just is unable to do that. Like she's just not, she's not that sharp, you know?
0: I mean, regardless of how Brandy operated, and I agree with a lot of what you're saying, Denise fell for it. So like ultimately Denise decided to not inform herself enough about this person who was on this show because she either didn't care, which is her right, or she whatever aimless, you know, hookup happened, whatever, and I do believe that something happened. It is ultimately when it comes down to it like had Denise watched any season of Housewives with Brandy on, she may have decided, wow, this might not be an ideal person for me to have some sort of intimate relationship with if I want to keep stuff private. But she either didn't have that information, didn't inform herself, or she didn't care. And it's hard to kind of have these conversations about whatever happened when it involves Brandy, because of course she has Brandy has a vested interest in coming back on the show, regardless of whether or not that influenced um, her interest in Denise. But it's also tough because like Denise, you could not have picked a more obvious person to go public with whatever happened than Brandy Glanville. It's just, that's just the nature of it. Brandy, is not going to keep this stuff private, especially if Brandy feels like she's been mistreated by you. So not only did you maybe hook up with her in some way, but if Brandy feels like the attention dropped off or you didn't treat her in a certain way or respect her or communicate or whatever, she's not just going to take that lying down. And I don't mean that in any kind of like facetious um, <laughs> shitty way. I mean that Brandy is not just going to accept that, especially when she knows she has tools at her arsenal, which PS may also get her some cash like yeah, you, you weren't thinking. and if you thought that it would be a good idea to to have some sort of relationship with this woman fleeting or otherwise and also try to hide that information from your husband while you're on a reality TV show, that's some difficult math, and I say that absolutely as a member of, of Team Denise, 100%. I just think, like, we we have to also acknowledge that there was some really bad decision-making done by the ex-wife of Charlie Sheen, who knows herself some interesting, you know, relationship choices.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, that's what happens when you're hot and dumb. <laughs>
0: but like how her and Aaron together <laughs> Down to they're myself.
1: both hot and dumb
0: <laughs> I mean you know big <laughs> pharma's on their tail um <laughs> it's just so wild that even while we're both acknowledging we think something happened are we both in the same position of being team Denise do you find herself team Denise? yeah I'm
1: totally deemed team Denise because I think that even though I think her biggest mistake wasn't getting involved with brandy it was just uh trying to like maybe just out of a place of like you know being scared in the moment mm-hmm. of just sort of like denying something initially mm-hmm. like and i've done that before like particularly like when i was like in high school my parents would ask me something and i would immediately be like no even though i had done it like mm-hmm. um i would just like you know lie and cover it up because i was so afraid of what might happen you know for getting in trouble but um I think she should have just been like, yeah, I did say that about you because she was right. Teddy is boring and Teddy isn't secure about how boring she is. And, you know, she's she, you know, everything that she said, Erica is a cold bitch. They all those things were, you know, pretty spot on. And I would have just been like, yeah, I was talking to my girlfriend about it and she wasn't supposed to. I, I, I never would have said those things. I didn't want to hurt your feelings, you know, or something like that. She should have just like, as, you know, Rena would say, she should have owned it. Um, but ultimately, I think that was her biggest mistake because it then it took away her credibility with a lot of other things. Um, but I think at the absolute core of the situation, it was... Because I just don't trust those Richard sisters. You know that Kim told Kyle a bunch of shit. And then Kyle was like, all right, come over here and film it with me. Uh And because she was mad at Denise for something else. And then she used Teddy the way that Lisa Vanderpump used Teddy in the Lucy, Lucy, Apple, Juicy whatever thing mm-hmm. and you know had something be revealed in front of Teddy and then Teddy is the one who like brought it up at dinner and told Denise about it and it like shouldn't have been a thing. Like they shouldn't have been talking about the sex part. And for Brandy to try to present it as some sort of Me Too adjacent kind of thing because she tried to give that feel to it a little bit, I, I thought that was really gross. Because I, she's a fucking drunk mess. You saw her well, at Kyle's listen you uh, be a fucking drunk mess charity.
0: I mean but you can be a drunk mess and still if she was in a position where she wasn't giving consent. I mean
1: Oh, but it's just she, I don't that she think she ever denied ever. consent. I don't think she ever denied consent. She just tried to make it seem like Aaron cuz actually it was very weird because in the beginning when she first starts talking right. about talking to them, she's like she's like, "So, you know, I was hanging out with Denise and Aaron." And, you know, I knew that they had this open thing. Mm -hmm. And then she starts telling this story. And then all of a sudden the story morphs into like, oh, they don't have an open marriage. And Denise was lying about that. But she starts off saying that she was hanging out with them both and knew that they had an open thing. Mm -hmm. So it's like a really it's really weird. Like she just sort of dances around that. But um, no, I don't think she ever denied consent. She just tried to make it seem like Denise, like, like hoodwinked her in some sort of way but she tried to because it was a sex thing I feel like she tried to give it that like sort of me too flavor even though there was nothing there in that respect like how like she tried to say that like Denise you know lied and and said she could sleep on the cot but then made her sleep in the bed you know what I mean like that was I I I think that was fucked up that she tried to do that.
0: I mean I think it was fucked up if it happened that way and I feel like it's something that wasn't referenced at all on Watch What Happens Live and that may be because that wasn't like an appropriate environment allegedly she did film a one on one with Andy and if that really is the case and P.S. if it was it's shocking to me it wasn't mentioned at all on Watch What Happens Live you would have thought that would have been the perfect place to be like and I sit down with her and here's what we talk about so I don't know Mm -hmm. if if it is true that she filmed a one on one but my hope is that if she did that this is just because it was referenced and then completely disregarded. And whenever, regardless of their intention or whatever else, whenever that's brought up, it should be given like the time and respect to discuss. And the fact that the other women were so focused on the gossip of this all that they skated right past somebody in Kyle's bedroom being like, I was uncomfortable with this interaction that took place made me uncomfortable because then we're talking about, you know, like Rinna's posting Instagram stories that are super inappropriate. um, Or what is she posting? She was posting stuff about like the scissor sisters and the making jokes of it and then deleting it and then posting and telling people to go fuck themselves and then keeping (laughs) stuff up. And she's like making a, a, doing her dirty delete stuff and people are making a joke of this. But when consent is involved, it, it tightens the humor, I would say. Um, if nothing else, it certainly adds uh, a lot of caution to the way in which this conversation was had between Brandy and everyone else. And then Brandy saying stuff like she licked my clit or whatever the language was. It's just confusing, I think, to a lot of people. And this kind of conversation. Is rife with confusion when you talk about consent and you talk about. But I don't you know, think it
1: was about consent, though. I think that ever, I think Brandy was totally on board with having this relationship, and then afterward it soured, and then she decided that she hated Denise because Denise seemed to lie to her about the Aaron situation. So
0: I don't. I. I it's hard for me to figure out where a impression like. Her intent may have been different from her impact. The impact of how she was talking about it to me was that there was some sort of gray area where she felt like she had been misled. And that could be misled because after the fact she never heard from Denise again. It could be misled because Denise is now denying a reality that uh, it appears happened in some capacity of them hooking up. And it could be misled because she was very willing and happy to have this encounter before and after but maybe has memories of feeling slightly uncomfortable during. I really don't know and the only thing mean, person- Brandy's
1: bullshit. Remember when Gerard Butler denied hooking up with her?
0: <laughs> oh my god, did he? She yes. has she dated Ross Schwimmer? I mean, she dated is that his real Wait, David Schwimmer. Oh my God, I just call him oh. Ross. <laughs> <or> Ross
1: <laughs> I knew Whatever, you were talking about. That we
0: all know. She dated Ross Geller, as I will now call him for the rest of his life, amen, for three months. She said she went on a date with Matt LeBlanc and, uh, Matt LeBlanc and it didn't work out. And she fucking dated David Schwimmer for three months after. Brandi, I would love to take a little journey down the people that Brandy's dated. Because every time she reveals something, I am shook. I had no I, had I no idea she had like a some sort of. Tangential relationship with two of the three guys on Friends. I'm like very intrigued by that. I'd like to hear more. I want to hear more about David Schwimmer IRL because I've heard very mixed things about him as a person. Oh, I've never heard anything dating him. Um, but listen, Beverly Hills is tough. I mean, like we're having these conversations about consent, and I think it's a even if the conversation about consent is I did not see or have an impression that consent was even a factor in this. I think it's good that we're having these conversations, you know, like that I had a different impression or had a different opinion. Watching is also um, related to my experiences as a human person, which may affect the reality that I see on TV. You know, like people watch housewives and experience different realities and different emotions watching housewives, because we're all bringing our own personal baggage with us as we, you know, like as our lens to watch these shows. So I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's actually really great that we're having these conversations of like, Oh, I didn't actually see that at all. I, I don't remember or have, I didn't have that experience of watching that be a part of the plot. I think that's actually a good thing because what comes out of it are these conversations that are really complicated and messy. And I'm probably stumbling over everything, Because that's also the reality of talking about sex and talking about intimacy and talking about, you know, um, what happens and the the complications and layers that one person may feel in a sexual experience that another person had no idea about, truly and genuinely didn't Mm -hmm. know about. And this whole thing is so complicated by the fact that. It does seem apparent and obvious to many of us that something happened. Denise is lying about things, seems to be lying about things to divert attention, but is not the most eloquent about execution when (laughs) it comes to this stuff. So it's like, sweetie, you're not doing yourself or your team, by which I mean her fans or admirers or supporters, any favors by saying, "O.P.S." She said a lot of shit about y'all, which I totally believe. And also, P.S., she said she hooked up with some of you guys. But I'm not going to say it because I don't want to, you know, hurt your character when all of these women are raising hands, essentially saying, I sign a permission slip saying I'm fine with you, like, hurting my character. I would like to know if I was the name she dropped. She's doing what Kim Richards did in Amsterdam. You don't want to hear about your husband. I'm not going to tell you because I don't want to hurt your feelings. Like, this was made up. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, well, there's a couple things to like the extent of like Brandy saying like maybe implying that this is like in some way about consent, mm-hmm. I th- my vibe watching it and Mm -hmm. thinking that it was so gross of her Mm -hmm. bringing this up is that I felt like her revealing their sexual nature of their relationship to be a version of revenge porn. And I felt like it was a way to get everyone to be like, ah, like point fingers. And you know that like Kyle and Kim are like, eh, like like, lesbians. You know what I mean? Like I, I just, I think that, um, she did it as a way to hurt Denise and be salacious and in that's in the same sort of in wow. the same sort of way that that someone would release, you know, nudes of somebody. She was yeah. doing that with text messages. It was a violation of privacy and of intimacy. And it it was gross to me. And she did it for money. So I don't know. I'm just not on board with Brandy. Also, I want to point out and no one has dragged Kyle for this or brought this up to her. Oh, let's drag. But yeah. Um. Kyle keeps saying and kept saying over the course of the um season, you know, well Brandy's not a liar. Brandy's not a liar. She's called Brandy a liar before. Anytime. Remember when Brandy told everyone that Kyle gets really high all the time and Kyle smokes pot and she's like, "Well, you don't, you know, blah blah blah,", blah like and then she's like, "You you eat, why are we making such a big deal about the mooncake? You smoke pot all the time." And Kyle was like, "That absolutely do not. You are such a liar, blah blah blah." So it's like now we know that Mario does smoke pot all the time. So it's like, well what is it? Is Brandy a liar or or sorry, Maurizio. I called Maurizio. him Mario uh,
0: the other day too. It's I can't I don't uh,
1: know. Why. Maurice. I, yeah, Ma- Maurice. Kim calls him Maurice. <laughs> Lisa calls him Maurizio. Um so, you know, brandy that it, so you know, was she lying about the pot or was she embellishing it? Was she maybe, did she maybe just see Mauricio smoke pot and then was just kind of like pinning it on Kyle in the moment because she wanted to hurt Kyle's feelings. And, whatever like uh, Kyle hasn't like really addressed that like she's absolutely accused Brandy of being a liar in the past so that's like a real example of like Brandy taking a sensitive situation of someone maybe not wanting something to be publicly out there not being ready yet for it to be publicly out there and twisting it in a way that makes it like super salacious I don't know um she's I think she's garbage I really do
0: well and I mean it's selective memory it's Kyle's selective memory of saying um you're not a liar because at this moment I want to portray you as being a beacon of truth albeit someone who claps back but comes from a place of honesty which is diametrically opposed from what she has said to Brandy when she hasn't been in a good position with Brandy and I think a lot about the idea of being disingenuous while watching part two, I watch um, Teddy call out Garcelle and saying it's a low blow for Garcelle to discuss um, environmental impact when you're talking about children who have disordered eating and saying that's a low blow and the ability of production to be disingenuous in furthering that narrative around Garcelle's low blow, even though they released footage that wasn't included on the episode online, showing Garcelle responding and saying, listen, this isn't about being a perfect parent. Let me share for you my experiences with my older son, Oliver, and his struggles with addiction and the fact that we as parents uh, I am not trying to bad parent Rena. I am trying to say, here is my experience as a parent with difficulties with my child and that we should be like discussing this and having on honest conversations with this and not feeling defensive. And you know, when that was released online, a lot of people were upset because they felt like this completely changes the narrative yeah. of that scene. So for the network or whomever to release that vignette itself and then continue the Teddy-esque narrative of low blow Garcelle and not include nor have Andy reference the fact that there was a much bigger piece of this conversation that none of you guys are acknowledging that really changes the dynamic of what Teddy and other people are trying to say about Garcelle that to me felt really not great it just kind of added or furthered a um narrative around Garcelle specifically that I didn't appreciate sort of similar to what Kyle did in part one where she's like um oh with the money yeah you don't pay your bills which yeah isn't an ideal thing to say ever to keep that in your back pocket and use that to charity shame someone into
1: yeah why not send a a gentle reminder email
0: And also you don't work for the charity. And if you work for the charity and your idea of humiliating someone on national television because of a $5,000 pledge makes sense to you, you probably shouldn't be working for a nonprofit. Like either she has way too much power and control at Children's Hospital LA, or somebody came up with a really bad fucking idea, or she didn't tell anybody there, but she had information that frankly is none of her business because she's not, the charity in and of itself and she doesn't have a career in development. And I just felt like there were some moments to part 2 that made me really uncomfortable and also made me flashback to part 1 and it just so happens that these moments are centered around the first black full-time, you know, real housewife of Beverly Hills. Yeah. It just made me feel it made me feel a certain way but then on the flip side you know, I didn't watch BH as it happened this week. I normally don't. And I thought going in, I was going to be much more upset and angry. I thought Rena was going to be much more of a clown. And at the end of this, I almost felt she's a little annoying. bit relieved because while Denise was definitely ganged up on and while these women were taking a lot of glee out of asking why Brandy isn't here and 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 while Denise wasn't doing herself any favors by saying, I'm not friends with her, using language that could have referenced thinking she's not a, a dear friend or when I say friends, I'm talking about like friend circle a la cast member. It didn't come across as terribly as i thought it was going to be am i the only one feeling that what did you think about about your feelings and vibe coming out of part two part one and part two the reunion in general
1: um i don't know yeah it wasn't great uh i'm i'm so sick of lisa renna i'm so sick of her. Like I truly am. If I like she must be I would feel very 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 hurt if I were Denise because they have apparently been friendly and known each other for years and years mm-hmm. and um I just I don't know. I also uh even leaving the Garcelle conversation at just what she was said in the in the episode that was shown mm-hmm. on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, asking Rena if, like, she maybe thinks she's contributed to her daughter's eating disorder. Mm-hmm. I'd bet dollars to donuts that she has contributed to her daughter's mm-hmm. eating disorder. And then when they were, like, when Teddy, uh, who is supposedly Please, a fitness continue. advocate, continue. and continue. who maybe, like, she's always, like, I was so overweight. And they can only really find one picture of her. And it was it's also just, like, a bad angle. It's, like, not like, it's not like a, she's not, like, super overweight but anyway she was like mothers don't cause eating disorders I was like I'd like to introduce you to my fucking mother because yeah they do like and it's very very common it is extremely common that mothers cause eating disorders in their children
0: Well, I mean, talking about the spread of disinformation, there was nothing that was more frustrating to me as someone that has lived with disordered eating my entire life than having two women going on national television saying there's no environmental impact in furthering an environment of disordered eating for people who may or may not struggle with addiction. Of course, there is an environmental impact. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And the fact that you
0: cannot even talk about the reality of it because you're so fucking defensive that you don't want to come across as anything less than mother of the year while also mentioning the fact that you were obsessed with attention, like what? And also <laughs> totally. Te- um, speaking of all things Dermois, Dermois posted some blind posts, um, blind items yesterday. Uh, there's been a lot of talk on the online community about F Factor or whatever it's called. It's like this diet company run by a bajillionaire who is like a licensed dietitian, and maybe her products have lead in them, and people are like not well no. after taking them. So God bless. Um, but maybe as like the next chapter in what happens when an influencer tries to monetize, maybe not great, uh, disordered eating lifestyles. There are a bunch of blind items we're recording this on Friday. A bunch of blind items went up on Demois about people who, you know the name of the company was marked out but people who signed up for like mobile accountability coaching and were told to eat soup as like a a low carb vegetable broth heavy soup and were essentially coached in the ways in which to um you know eat the absolute least not medically advised amount of um calories and caloric intake in a day and I don't know about, you know, before pictures for Teddy Mellencamp, but I do know that I have been very nervous for a while about the ways in which she markets her company, which seem to be Mm. uniformly and totally around weight loss. And we are in like the weight loss. Uh, We are in like the wellness moment of our (sighs) experience, where like it's not about weight loss. It's about feeling good. Like even if you're like taking a spin class, you're you're not here to work out. You're like here to rejoice and find yourself anew. And I think that's great. And I also think that there are you know if, if done in a way that make you feel good, great. And that when you are only focused on before and after pictures when you are only focused on people sending screenshots of their scale every day and the number going down being the only marker of success that can lead to the development of disordered eating habits that may not have previously existed in these people and as someone who has been told you are not allowed to keep a scale in your house because i cannot be trusted with having like a relapse of an eating disorder if I and I'm anywhere near a scale, it is really scary to me that she is promoting the idea that success is tied to before and after pictures of somebody's tummy and not anything else. And if you sign up for All In and you have a positive experience, that's great. If she's teaching lifestyle changes, that you feel like allow yourself to be in control of yourself, your choices and your body, mazel tov. But it appears that a lot of people have not had that experience. So for Teddy, who we know in real time, and this will probably never come out on Housewives, hopefully because this is her last season full time, for Teddy to then say, because I essentially run this company, I know something about this subject. It makes me more nervous because when we're talking about things that are really um, serious and also PS happened to be 80% of Rinna's storyline is talking about her daughter's own struggles instead yeah. of anything going on in her life. And you're not even doing that truthfully. Like it just makes me scared for people who watch the show who maybe don't see it. I just, I hope they do. And I don't think it's the job of the housewives. I think it's, you know, someone's job to show their own reality. And if Rina is this detached from reality, then that is what we're seeing. And if Teddy is also this detached from reality, then that is also what we're seeing. I just hope that people watch this and know enough to know that, like, just because they're saying that a parent has no impact on their minor child's um, environment ridiculous is, is not is not factually correct and these people are not licensed nor am I by the way but well, I have my own experience that's what I want to ask me.
1: what are Teddy's credentials
0: she was fat once
1: y- exactly and her father like, was never
0: seen on camera she is a ghost of a celebrity child <laughs> shadow we haven't seen but thank God that shadow is thin so that we can give her thousands of dollars in which to maybe be bullied by people who I also don't know whether or not they're licensed to tell us not to eat that thing so that we can feel good about weighing less. And there is nothing wrong by the way, with wanting to lose weight. If it's done, hopefully safely. Yeah, whatever. Totally. There is nothing to me that's wrong with it. What is wrong to me is when a company purports itself To have a positive um, impact on the lives of mostly women, uh, who they're showing on social media, and they're doing it in a way that can be harmful and dangerous. And this, by the way, is just another fucking example of dumb shit that's going on. That shows that not all glistens, that not all um, that glistens is gold. Whatever the fuck I'm trying to say, good is gold. Um, shout out Sheena Shea. Satchels of gold. Thank you, satchels of gold. Um, (laughs) on Beverly Hills which we'll never see on camera. So we're all pretending that it's fuck just to go back to Brandy, that it's fucking wild for Denise to not want for Denise to not allow, which is more realistic than want Brandy on the reunion. When we're watching Teddy, who's running whatever the fuck kind of company she's running right now, we're um, uh, Tom Girardi is in whatever financial straits he's in right now. Um, We've already discussed Teddy. I've already forgot three seconds ago that I brought up Teddy's name. That's how memorable she is. Kyle and whatever's going on with Kyle and Mauricio. Um, Dorit and PK. Dorit's moving again. And one of the million-dollar listing guys who works for the agency is representing her house. We only got to hear a little bit about Dorit and PK because it was done in a safe space of confessionals where they got to own the narrative, if not the edit. It's just crazy to me. Like, at least on New York, we're like talking about things, these things, and whether or not, de- uh, oh, Jordan's yeah, denying her reality is one thing. But like, Beverly Hills, we're all pretending that we live in this world where the Brandy and Denise storyline is the only one to examine. And that, in and of itself, is not accurate or correct.
1: Yeah, they want the heat off themselves. All right, I just looked, uh, Teddy Mellencamp up. She is didn't she even go to college. In what? She never went to college. She never went to college. It's unclear if she ever graduated from high school. She moved to, that's what it says. Um, She she moved to L.A. when she was 17.
0: She was somebody's Uh, assistant at CAA. I remember she had a job. Yeah,
1: and you know her dad got her that motherfucking job. Like, I wait, mean, didn't she didn't say... She, wasn't she like, you know, uh, I worked my ass off at... And you do work hard when you work at CAA because they're all terrible to the assistants and the lower rungs. Like, yeah. they shit all over those poor people. But um, you know she got that job because of her dad. Um, but uh, I I don't think that she's licensed in anything. It would say that on her website, and it doesn't. Um, I've had a trainer before, and he, like... Uh, had been licensed in all kinds of things like he in like you know um, nutrition and massage therapy and um, I don't know uh, I don't even know what it what it all the shit is but he had all kinds of certificates and um, he was always studying and stuff he was always sending me articles about things that were boring and I wouldn't read but it was like about like how you can make the most out of your running and shit like that like he was always just like he was very science-based you know Mm -hmm. And, and his approach to, you know, working on yourself and changing your lifestyle. And it doesn't seem to me that Teddy has that. And it's just anecdotal evidence and personal experience, which is like, come on.
0: I just, my thing is like, I have no problem with the idea of an accountability program with coaches that's done mobile. I think that's really, it's a smart business idea. I think it's incredibly smart given COVID where people can't meet up in person. I do have an issue in the way it's in which it's run and the way in which it's Mm -hmm. managed and the idea that this is only and ever about the scale. Like I just, mm-hmm. and the, and the idea that you are not doing enough if potentially the numbers go up or down because your body can naturally fluctuate. You could be five pounds heavier, uh, the day before than you are the day of, and that has nothing to do with how much food you're putting into your body. It's just the way that your body is reacting in that moment. And so it just, it drives me a little bit bananas that we're pretending that this woman is, um, anything, including, uh, the guide to all things parenting and PS Rinna's child is how old Amelia is like 22 let's say 23 I actually oh, don't she? know maybe 21 she's a teenager right she's like I mean she's you know that's young however old you are 20 21 19 however old she is she does not have the benefit of age and time and her impression Whether it's happening when she's having a conversation with her mother that I'm guessing is in spur of the moment, considering she was wearing two different hats in that scene that they referenced, um, is in a conversation with her mother, she probably already knew what was going to come up by the way in which she was responding. And even if she wasn't, she knew going in that she probably had uh, a necessary interest in defending her mom. Whether it was because her mom's on this reality show that helps support the family or because she loves her mom, she doesn't want anyone to speak badly about it, whatever. I would love to hear her thoughts about whether or not there is a tie to family environments in 15 years. I think that yep. you are still a child. You do not want to think about your parents in that kind of yep. critical way. She may never feel the way that I do about environments. She has every right to disagree with me. But I think it's disingenuous to say, look at this child because she's not communicating this thing that a grown-ass adult who has had her own experiences bringing to the table is saying, that means that what Sal is saying has no value. And not only mm-hmm. does it not have any value, but we are all going to... Um, color a narrative where Garcelle is saying things that are inappropriate when in fact it's not only appropriate to have those conversations but I think there's a lot of value and truth there and it's it's necessary it's like cuckoo bananas to me is what it is it's cuckoo bananas and I think because I had just seen this demois thing last night it just makes me feel especially angry which PS is a new feeling for me and Teddy considering she's not really like worthy of a strong emotion considering what yeah she's brought to us aside from disgust um yeah but you know i guess we're going to talk about it on andy's girls because we'll never see it on beverly hills and maybe there's something good in that um but i mean denise is gone do you think garcelle is far behind i
1: re- i think they're going to do everything in their power to keep her right. because she did say if if denise mm-hmm. leaves i'm i'm leaving. Mm-hmm. I think that the producers would be so stupid to let her walk, especially because this was just her first season. She started off a little soft and it, and I think she got the hang of it as it went. And Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, we, she needs a, she needs someone that where she has more of a personal connection with, Mm -hmm. like um, to, to join the cast. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and then I think it would be good. I think that, it would be really stupid for them to lose her.
0: Yeah. And I think that they need someone, I think that there needs to be some sort of shakeup, erica jane teddy some sort of demotion I'm whatever i'm sick of
1: erica jane goodbye uh, yeah, i've been go- sick of her for years
0: goodbye like she could friend of easily because she's friending of now and it really wouldn't make a difference but they need to get people who are more active who aren't going to immediately join team everyone else because if that will just continue to happen where they isolate out around one person it's like mm-hmm. um, last one in, first one out. So they're going to isolate themselves because they have a vested interest in keeping each other safe, which keeps keep it, keeps themselves safe. I cannot yeah. talk. Happy Friday. Um, so Denise is going to be the one that they target or, and isolate LVP prior, regardless of however we feel about LVP. And I just feel like unless they get a real shakeup where it's not five or however many people against one, this is just going to continue to happen. And it's not great TV. When that happens, because regardless of whether you feel about the other person, they're in a spot where when five people are saying the same thing and are taking glee in it like that, that can't be the only storyline that we have, you know, like because people felt that this particular piece of gossip, whatever was so salacious that certainly helped the structure of the show. It's I definitely think this season is rewatchable, but I don't know what that means for the future. And, you know, thinking about disinformation and narrative shifting, I can't help, but think a little bit more about New York and what is going to be a really tough reunion cycle for Dorinda. And Wait, some missing. Footage. Can we talk for Tell a sec?
1: Yeah. Me. About the missing footage. Yeah. Okay. Because that clip that they showed of her from last season mm-hmm. on the phone with John fighting, that clip of her like yelling into the phone and pointing like her drunk point that she does like you better damn well. And um that was in the trailer for the it season. Yep. And then, and like, then I, I remember I, being like, Hey, why didn't they ever did show go? that like Dorinda fight? I bet like, I mean, it must've been originally included in the season and then something happened where she didn't want it included. And that leads me to believe further that, that the real reason why she was fired or let go is because she was difficult with the with producers more than anything.
0: Because you think that that shows tell me because she was allegedly so violent that production didn't want Tinsley to stay the night. Like what, what do you think that shows?
1: Yes. And, and because it, the, the, the um, argument and that phone call were probably initially in the show and I bet that she raised a big fucking stink about it and got it taken out. And so I think that from like from from filming to post production, she's a pain in the ass probably. I mean, when we went to go see the producer's talk at BravoCon oh, and gosh. the one producer said that he speaks on the phone Every with Dorinda day. Every day for over an hour, every morning, he calls it his morning medley. So you know that she just (laughs) calls and is just like, "Ah, ah, ah," and then like, and, you know, ranting the way that she rants at the women. And I bet that it just like after a while, they were probably just like, no, no more of this.
0: So here's my question. Do you think that it was Dorinda being like, I don't want this used? Or do you think it was Scott who spends an awful lot of money on ad buys saying, I don't want to be included in this? So don't no. I it. think
1: it was Dorinda. I think it was you Dorinda, because do. Scott comes off looking good. Because Scott like gave money. Because like Tinsley was like, you know, Scott was very generous in having given John some money, and then Dorinda found out about it after the fact. I I'm so pissed that that whole fight. And everything wasn't included. Like yeah. I'm so mad that we didn't get to see it because that was the juiciest part of the reunion. I was like, "Holy shit! Oh, this is where it's all stemming from." Because her anger for Tinsley yeah. was seemed really like out of place and just like totally disproportionate to like what we were seeing. It seemed like a like a really just like a overreaction.
0: And Tinsley, I thought, said it better than anyone else, which is like, this is all redirected anger that you have at John that you're putting on me. And it doesn't make any sense to anybody. And Dorinda saying, I didn't have that fight. I didn't have that conversation because she assumed that since it was footage that hadn't been shown before, that it wouldn't be taken out of the vault was Mm -hmm. just a dumb fucking move when you look at what happened. I mean, even online Yeah. as recently as today, she's saying if they had a clip, they would have shown it. And it's like, sweetie, clip, clip, clip. They did have a clip. They did show it. Yeah. Like we all watch that thing. Now. I don't know if you've heard, I don't really like super want to get into this, but I just want to reference it. Cause I think it's sort of important when it comes to disinformation, there yeah. is some is sort it? of conversation going on, I guess on Reddit, about sources say that the reason that Dorinda was actually really angry at John was because at this filming of a commercial, she witnessed some sort of physical altercation between Tinsley and Scott. And she told John never to like work with him or whatever. And she assumed that Tinsley and Scott were done. And the reason that she popped off was because she found out that John is still accepted money or, or still did some sort of work with Scott following this thing that she saw, and my response to that would be, let's play that out in reality. If you th- and this is like incredibly serious material, but it's mm-hmm. dangerous, I would think to discuss. Mm-hmm. But because it's being talked about pu- publicly, I would just circle back and in response to that say let's play that out if sources aka someone in Dorinda's camp is trying to say that the reason she was upset at Tinsley was because she thought Tinsley was in an abusive relationship her solution to that was to abuse Tinsley herself was to be so reactive and so combative that production didn't think Tinsley was going to be safe, was to repeatedly aggress Tinsley to the point of no return on camera and probably off. You think that that somehow plays into Dorinda... some sort of reality around Dorinda's concern about Tinsley? Because if if her concern translates into direct aggression... Then that just shows what a shitty fucking person that she is. If she thinks that somebody's being abused and she thinks, let me add on. I think that is wild. Do you think he lays hands on her? Scott? I have no idea. I, I think no that idea. he's been
1: manipulative and they were both playing head games with each other. Um,. I think, I think it was that- a
0: toxic relationship for a while, but I think it was like emotionally, like they would fight and then break up and then fight and then break up and then fight and break up.
1: It doesn't make sense why... why- That, I don't know, none of that makes sense to me. That, like, if Dorinda really thought that Tinsley was being abused, why she would have anger at Tinsley? Because when she said in the finale, she was like, she almost ruined our show. I think Mm -hmm. she was mad at Scott for trying to lure Tinsley away from the show because she felt like they needed to have Tinsley on the show, and she just wanted Scott X'd out of the group, and... um. And that was why, I guess she, I don't know, uh, that seems, that's, that's weird. But also, like, it, yeah, John is going to do whatever for John. Like, that's always been the case. <laughs>
0: And if Scott is super generous, which Sonia was echoing in the background, and it sounds like he's very financially generous, you should be angry at John for taking that check regardless of the circumstances. That's actually not Tinsley's fault. It's also not Tinsley's fault that she fell it's in love with somebody with, with a ton of fucking capital. It's not Tinsley's yeah. fault that she doesn't depend on the check from the show, as you do. And it's not Tinsley's fault that she chooses also, to leave. She's not si- she didn't sign a million-year contract. This isn't Scientology.
1: I... <laughs> totally.
0: Sorry, billion. billion years. Sea not Real Housewives of the Sea Org. You know what I'm saying? Like,
1: come on. Um, I think that uh, you know it, it's it'd be one thing if Dorinda had this like long illustrious career where she um, you know worked her way up and and earned this money and like you know worked her fingers to the bone to buy Bluestone Manor she got her money from husbands so you know whether you marry it or you inherit it it's like how dare you judge someone else for how they got their money like I think that it's really and, and Sonia too had, had you know made some indi- like implications that like Tinsley was some kind of Holly lightly. Uh, Sonia give me a break like you were a fucking hostess that married like an 80 year old man
0: I mean, I think Sonia's an echo sometimes where whomever she's closest to, when they say something, she doesn't necessarily believe it, but she'll amplify it. I think mm. that's sort of just her personality Good type. Point. And it yeah. might also be connected into like trying to acquiesce a little bit, if that makes any sense. Like, she's not necessarily, if she's raising the temp, it's because someone's done so first the majority of the time mm. when it's not relating to alcohol. And with Dorinda, it feels like Dorinda has a lot of anger and jealousy toward the fact that Tinsley doesn't, if Tinsley doesn't want to be on the show anymore, she gets to leave. She's not in an environment where, related to her family support or her relationship with Scott, who I almost just called John, Um, where she doesn't, she's in a position where she does not need this show. She's also in a position where she has a lot of fucking money when it comes to name recognition. And she was a Mm -hmm. very big celebrity when it comes to New York society and whatever else with her shitty reality TV show, whatever else before this show that she will survive after like the Housewives did not create her as, um, Uh, as like a name for us to discuss she was tinsley mortimer well Mm -hmm. before housewives and she'll be tinsley mortimer cluth whatever after so for dorinda it's like which part of this are you mad at are you mad that she gets to decide to walk away and her focus is on her relationship are you mad that you're saying that her relationship is toxic because tinsley is admitting that the toxicity of her job has an effect in her uh, relationship with her partner which i which I actually think is pretty honest. Like it can come yeah. across as manipulative, but it can also come a- of Scott, but it can also come across as like the truth. Like if Tinsley is really upset because of shit that these people are saying and Tinsley and Scott both know that she doesn't necessarily need to be on the show or that the show is affecting her in a really like negative, true way, mental health wise. And she gets, she has the right to like say, I don't want to do this anymore. And she's okay. Um, you know, being going against her contract and maybe not getting like the rest of her sum or whatever it is like tinsley doesn't need it in the way that dorinda does and i think that's a point of real contention with dorinda and i also thought it was really honest and interesting that andy asked the women um you know if your partner asked you to leave this show would you I think he was expecting maybe a different response i know i was and ramona was like absolutely i would and luann said absolutely i would and if you asked sonia she would probably talk about john morgan for another three years before she got to an answer but i'm guessing that that answer would be somewhere around absolutely i would and i thought that was really honest of the women and good of the women to say like this show is not more important to me than my family and my life And for Dorinda, maybe it's because she doesn't have that family or that life that she takes as so offensive. But it's like we're talking about all this stuff. There are 10 different reasons that she could be mad at Tinsley that I see as valid, albeit not, like, real for anybody. But, like, I understand Dorinda's thinking, even though I disagree with it. And the idea of abuse is not among them. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. She needs a time I also think very very mean about the pregnancy stuff about the oh baby stuff and that turkey baster thing was like so fucked up when she said that and that and you know intensely was right she's like you know there are a lot of women who struggle with mm-hmm. fertility like for you to say something like that like it's you know like like ivf or whatever is is um is something to be embarrassed about or to be joked about is really nasty. And there are, it's really nasty.
0: So nasty. And how many gay couples, um, pursue IVF and pursue surrogacy because they don't have the benefit of even considering a natural, um, what's it called when you make a baby, um, conception. Yeah. (laughs) That's not even, um, uh, an option for them. So surrogacy for many people is a very expensive and necessary route in which to um, bring into the world a biological child if that is the way in which they want to expand their family and if you can Mm -hmm. afford it and even if you can't if that's the way in which you want to create your family god bless like what the fuck also does that even work I don't know a turkey based or is that like
1: a that's so like old fashioned thinking. I think that's like it, think that's real. that's how they used to do honestly- artificial insemination right. like before in vitro was invented or whatever. Like they would take sperm and just insert it into a woman um back in the day. I don't think that anyone does that anymore. Yeah, like, for- I, it's because it's such a crapshoot, like you may as well just do the in vitro and, and have it made, you know, outside of your body and then have the embryos implanted.
0: Yeah, for lack of of a better term, it was so nasty and so rude. and Yeah, totally. And my guys, shout outs to Simon and Schuster. um, Prayers to you for announcing a book contract at the worst possible time. Uh, And rest in peace to her ghostwriter, be it Aviva and Carol's or someone else. Because imagine being that person and being like, cool, so I think we maybe need to take a chapter or three sentences to talk about the drinking stuff. Like, how is that coffee clutch going to go? i'm thinking it's probably like a well. deck
1: it's a book about decorating or part throwing parties or something
0: making it nice and the first part of making it nice is not buying dorinda's book to expect <laughs> kind of like fact <laughs> i'm 100 percent gonna read it i'm sure in you know at some point i read ramona's it was one of the best things i've ever read amazing Ooh,
1: i got that for my sister for christmas
0: Oh, so good. Ramona you told me Coaster. to read Cop Without a Badge, which I haven't read. Yes. Did
1: you read it? Oh, my oh. God. It's like so I, you only need to read the second half because that's what she's in. And I read it. I read it standing in my kitchen. I like <laughs> I didn't well, even how, sit down.
0: How much of it is about Beverly slash Danielle, and How much of it is about this guy fucking living his best life? A lot of it is about him. So I just was going. Yeah, I, yeah, I would I'm just, just go through that.
1: and just read the parts that were was about her. It took me like maybe an hour.
0: All right. Well, I did watch six minutes of Donnie Brasco yesterday, so I feel really prepared. Um, listen, I, yet again, third week in a row where I've fucked over Potomac. What are your thoughts?
1: I love it. I love it. They're so good. They're so like they're they're at this point and they're not in these like sort of I guess Dallas is different, but they're not in these like um, cities where, you know, it's like Beverly Hills in New York are, are these kind of sort of elite coastal cities where. Mm-hmm. Um, you know notoriety and fame is like part mm-hmm. of being there it's natural to of it's it's just part of that mm-hmm. um it's not like that for them so um and and they're at this point in uh the trajectory of their fame where they're not it doesn't seem like they're super duper affected by the fame in the way that you know um like for example for example like LVP got very very invested in mm-hmm. in the fame of it all um vicky got very jill zarin you know it kind of like and then it just kind of ruins them um these women don't seem like that like they just seem like they would be doing like i really do believe that karen huger Mm -hmm. would be having a party for herself (laughs) uh after like moving into a new place Mm -hmm. and would maybe wear a pink suit to the party um I, I just, I don't know. I think they're really fun. I think they're fun and funny. They're funnier than, it than I think they're the funniest. Uh, I mean, usually New York was the funniest to me, but this season, it just, they weren't, it, it didn't hit it for me mm-hmm. like that, like they normally do. I think that's because like Bethany was not there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and Atlanta used to be the funniest for me, but uh, Potomac eclipsed them all.
0: Potomac the women in Potomac are so funny and so smart and if there is not a better argument to potentially start to genuinely retire a franchise or two and create new franchises in new cities in areas that aren't on the coast that aren't um uh LA specific that aren't New York City specific I think Potomac is a great example of that and I think hopefully Salt Lake City will be as well I just think like there's so much plot there's so much reality going on this whole thing with Ashley and Michael makes me so scared for her Mazel she's tab, pregnant by again. the way I guess with an asterisk she's expecting another baby
1: very far along too it looks like
0: is she and like the how picture
1: that- she was big belly
0: I'm so nervous for her tush. I hope that got.
1: Mm, Yeah,
0: I mean, taken care of in whatever way, because now she's expecting her second bambino, with a guy who, maybe isn't worthy of her love. But you know, this is the whole thing with you—like, get to choose who you want to be married to. So, this was this is Ashley's choice—is to continue to have children, with her current husband who she's choosing to stay with regardless of how he behaves and what we think and i just want the best for her it's going to be another tough season for her because of her husband's behavior and i'm nervous for whatever happens next week you know
1: that and story also, seemed weird but i just the
0: stripper I, stuff
1: yeah do you think that Candace has friends that are strippers do you think I don't these think that's
0: women... what Candace is for? I think it was that Candace's friend was either at a bar or worked at a bar where he happened to be with a group of people talking about things that you would not expect a happily married man. But they said
1: at the strip club.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, so I think it was. I mean, I think he was. I and was think he that in that's... Vegas? I think it was somewhere in D.C. And or in the is there DC, an
1: MGM on... casino in, in D.C.?
0: Is that where he said he, said he was? They, was? Were,
1: they said they went to MGM and that they were at the casino. Is oh that... Google.
0: I yeah. think that, I thought it was that he had people from work in from New York and he was going to show them the sites which, and have some like bro time, which isn't super surprising to me, but I was surprised at the idea he was talking about allegedly having a wife and a boyfriend or whatever the thing was. A, a boyfriend and a girl. I don't know what he was That didn't make and, sense to me. And bringing people back to his hotel, which... There is, video oh, there is an MGM in where DC,
1: Maryland, Oxon Hill. Okay. I don't know if it's a casino. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah, I guess.
0: Maybe he considers that his conference room. I mean, who's to say?
1: <laughs> I just, uh, all right, but here's the thing. Yeah, tell me. Do you, why would somebody say I have a boyfriend and a wife to impress a stripper or to impress a group of men? I don't know that he was
0: doing it to impress a group of men. I think he was doing it to impress people he was then inviting back to his hotel room.
1: But, so what's that, what's that group? (laughs) Like, who are those people that are impressed by that?
0: Was this, did this happen after, I was thinking this maybe happened toward the tail end or after, like, the guy time with his, like, colleagues or whomever people in from New York where he wanted to like quote unquote show them a good time at that point he was probably liquored up probably looking for a different kind of fun and may or may not have said the things that Candace said he said that Candace's friend told her that he said it just
1: doesn't make sense that like after all the trouble he got in last time that he would run his mouth in that way and I'm just trying to think of like why he would say that to somebody like why would you say you have a boyfriend and a wife like I don't I don't think that would be like impressive to businessmen on a boys night out I don't think it would be impressive to strippers I don't think it would be it's just very weird it's really weird
0: it is really weird, but so is the nature of the way that he was behaving before she left on this trip where he was sort of gaslighting her and emotionally abusing, her, not emotionally, abu- emotionally manipulating her into absolutely taking their kid and saying our child will be harmed if he's not with you 24 uh, seven. See, I
1: didn't read it like that. I read it me. that like there was no fucking way she was leaving that baby at home. She is so up that kid's ass um that like she and which you know of course you should be she's a mom and he's only three months old and she's breastfeeding and that's like really really hard to go away when the baby's that young and still be breastfeeding to keep your milk up so there was no way she was gonna not bring that kid with her like no matter what michael said and i think that he was just trying to be supportive of her and her decision by saying these things on camera like it would hurt our child if you didn't bring him because then of course like you know she goes and then wendy like that came out of left field wendy attacks her for bringing the baby so um i thought i saw it as like michael not giving her a guilt trip about it but like adding more pros to you know the list of why she was already going to be bringing that kid because there was no way she was not going to bring the kid
0: I mean that's interesting to hear I think that there was no way she was not going to bring that kid but I do think that he was trying to make sure that that came to pass like that he was not with that child and just so happens that the timing of this is that maybe he was out partying and doing some stuff that wasn't great during this weekend in which he really felt very emphatic that Ashley is this bring his
1: first child huh is this his first child or I does he have he another has adult family
0: kids I want to say that but I don't actually know it we've never seen because he's them, 60 I yeah I think he has adult children I think he has kids in like maybe their 20s or something like adult
1: Wow. I mean like, and Ashley's only what like 30 31
0: she's pretty young I mean he's twice her age yeah with like maybe half her level of maturity or whatever he's somebody who doesn't make good choices he's inherently self-destructive or at least has at least appeared to be um and maybe isn't the most emotionally mature in their relationship in the ways in which he's at least communicated with her and i'm not trying to paint her as the picture of perfection but just to say that you know i don't he's not an ideal if not my ideal it just it feels a little wonky but um i just want to know your thoughts what are your thoughts on dr candace what are your thoughts on wendy the new candace
1: 2.0 oh um at first i was like oh you know she's a great addition um now i'm like it, i was really put off by her mm-hmm. um calling ashley a fake bitch like she just yeah. immediately went there in that fight i thought that was really weird and her like um her read of Ashley was such a misread like mm-hmm. calling her first of all just calling her brokey, which is like not even a thing that people say yeah. and then like with like Robin and like Giselle like laughing on the side being like actually Ashley has money yeah. like <laughs> more than we do and um uh just bringing up the fact that she has four degrees like all the time I I don't love that um and I you know, I thought that maybe she would be better at debating and, you know, using sharper words because she has to just do that all the time as a pundit on Fox News. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that she would have ever called the women that she speaks to on Fox News a bug or a bitch or, you know, broke. Like, I don't think she would ever. So she's just like, obviously thinks that she's better than these women because of her credentials and she's really not.
0: Do you think it's really that hard for her to, a la Candace, really and truly um, be accountable to her behavior and apologize? Or was that a little bit of a show? Like the next day when she was essentially to Ashley, like you first, like you apologize first and then I'll go after you. I mean, like I will go second in line, not not attack you, but.
1: That what? seemed real. <laughs> wow. That That's seemed real. to me. I'm shocked at the level of, at the amount of makeup she wears. I mean, I guess that's what happens when you go on, Fox, she's Fox News face all the time. But like, did you see in the picture that they showed Maybe. of her with her, yeah, yeah, like in the hospital, with a hospital gown on, like a full, fi- an evening face.
0: Who doesn't love a little contour after birth, is all I'm saying. <laughs> that's never done either. I <laughs> don't um, And final question, uh, Monique v. Candice, who side?
1: Oh, I mean, I haven't seen it. We haven't seen it play out yet.
0: Yeah, I got to see.
1: I got. Oh, for, for right now. Yeah. Um. I, I'm on Monique's side for right now, but we'll see what happens. Um. You know, I want to see how it goes down. But like, you know, I thought I, I do think it was really kind of I think Candace intentionally brought. Um, What's. Oh, my God. What's her name? Sharice. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, to yeah. That party to mm-hmm. fuck with Monique and um i think that was kind of fucked up uh i really like monique a lot even though yeah. um i think she's been involved in some L- mlms <laughs> and yes. she is a bird person which isn't my thing um, maybe now uh, I'm a
0: bird person I fucking love T'Challa I like never was into birds and now I'm like maybe I like a bird I don't know
1: uh, my grandma had a my grandma was a bird person and those birds used to freaking bite me all the time and they were really nice to her and they were like yeah. and she would just let them fly around the house oh, no. and I didn't yeah and they talked Um, oh, no. I so I'm not I'm not a bird person but I understand mm-hmm. that people are Monique has pets that are not cuddly like she's a very large fish tank and then oh, yeah. she has this like bird that you can't like I mean I'm the kind of like my dog is like a little like teddy bear like I can yeah. just like squeeze her and that's what she loves so that's I mean but I think that says more about like my attachment style mm-hmm. so like I think that Monique is a, is a little bit distant yeah maybe Which,
0: yeah and I'm curious to see I guess what will happen when we get to um, this altercation as Bravo calls it and uh, I'm just hoping for the best I mean it's it's just been such a great season so far so enjoyable Um, I'm so appreciative of the women of Potomac I hope that you know as New York and Beverly Hills come to a close people who may not have experienced Potomac before really um, invest in what is the current strongest franchise on TV and hopefully salt lake city and the experience of seeing totally new women and totally new stories will inspire some people who haven't started the journey on potomac to start now so um, i'm hopeful that that will happen but in the meantime tracy morrissey where can people follow you listen to pot psychology um listen to the b list follow you online
1: um the b list and pot psychology are available wherever you listen to podcasts and uh you can follow me. I'm Tracy Morrissey, T-R-A-C-I-E, um on everything.
0: And P. S, um, can't let you go without asking um how is your ongoing best friendship with Jamila Jamil? Um she
1: uh oh, no. <laughs> she got the same kind of dog that I have. And yeah,
0: did she yeah, name the it exact same. What did she name it? Beatrice? She
1: named it I think Barry um I'm blocked on everything so I follow her with a different account (laughs) but she's like she we have the exact same dog it looks exactly the same um so you know let's we'll see how this uh plays out but um it's I just thought that was really funny
0: and, guys, if you haven't experienced the glory of deep diving into how Tracy Morrissey went viral as concerning all things Jamila Jamil, simply Google Tracy Morrissey and maybe a B emoji. I feel like there will be a lot that pops up. Do you have it saved as a highlight on your um, Instagram?
1: Yeah, I do. If you Google, I think if you Google my name, It'll just it, pop up. a picture of Jamila Jamil comes up as me. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. How many times do you think Jamila Jamil has had COVID so far? Six?
1: I'm shocked that she, like, has never made an announcement, actually. I'm incredibly shocked that she hasn't made an announcement. She's made other announcements, though. Oh, since. yeah? Yeah. Um, yesterday, oh God. she announced that she had survived a suicide attempt six years ago. Um, okay. She you know, made, did a bunch of posts about that. Um, okay. it's, she's it was done, Suicide
0: Prevention Day yesterday.
1: Yes, that's why. So she's done a bunch of that. She's been okay. on a bunch of podcasts. There was a, I think I told you about the fourth B story. Um, And then she told a B story on Conan's podcast. I think like a week ago, people told me about that. I should oh go listen God, to it. To see if it's to it different. Yet, I
0: love his pod. Um, Jamila <laughs> Jamil, just for those who don't know, is, um, just constantly comes into contact with um, dangerous, and deadly bees. She's constantly running away from them. They stalk. 500 her. at a time. 500 at a time. She's had a lot of interactions with bees throughout her life. And it's just one of those things. And you know, Tracy Morrissey investigative journalist that she did uh, that she is (laughs) did a little bit of an investigation on where are all these bees and it went viral internationally. So if you guys haven't (laughs) read um, the best posts on social media ever, you definitely need to follow Tracy Morrissey online guys die for you. Obsessed with you. Instagram at Dame Galley. Let me know your thoughts and feels about all things. Dorinda, Denise, Um, Salt Lake City trailer I'm going to post a bunch of stories When this episode goes up And we are off to record An exclusive bonus episode For the Andes Girls Patreon If you're not supporting The Andes Girls Patreon Where are you putting your money A.K.A. credit card debt Patreon.com slash Andes Girls You get exclusive bonus episodes And a lot of my um, thanks And gratitude for your support and, um, I guess we'll, uh, sass with y'all next week. Tracy Morrissey, a pleasure as always. Thank you, Thank you. so much for your I insight. You. I love talking to you and you need to come back on when we are further into Potomac. Cause I really, I so love hearing yeah. your thoughts on all when things the fight house- happens. Right. And like on all things, housewives and Bravo. And I love our difference in perspectives because that helps me understand like what i'm bringing to the table and like how my experience of color experiences color my uh what i'm seeing on tv and off and so i'm really really curious for your thoughts um about whatever happens with beverly hills and garcelle staying or going and whatever the fuck we're about to see go down with Monique and Candace because I think it's going to be a wild fucking ride (laughs) Um, so anyway die for you love you and guys stay safe wear a mask no matter what Kelly (laughs) and Uh, and we'll talk to you guys again soon stay safe Bye. bye